Hello and welcome to the fourth innings of Beyond the INC. Not the first unofficial Keen podcast, but definitely the one that didn't vote for him. Don't blame us. Opening the batting for us this week, we'll be reviewing some of the tracks that have been influencing the new Keen record. We'll also be answering some more of your email questions. It was very long and quite interesting. And finally, we'll have more on the newly elected Mayor of London's astonishing tirade against Tim, Tom and Richard. I believe they're one of the reasons, actually, why congestion in the central London zone has gone up by 15% uh, since last year. That's all coming up on this edition of Beyond the INC. On a Day Like Today was excluded from the American version of Hopes and Fears after its drumbeat was ruled illegal by the US Supreme Court. Beyond the First up, let's look at the week's latest blog update from Tom. In it, he talks about the end of the band's current sessions in Berlin, points out his own highlights of the recording, and finishes by talking about the way home, saying, The train runs to Paris one way and Moscow the other. Part of me is hoping that we end up going the wrong way and finding ourselves in another unexpected place. A bit like the record we're making. Fascinating. But the indication is that the album's now off to be mixed... Mastered and brought to you the consumer, in my opinion. Or is it? I mean, I, I'm not entirely convinced myself. But Chris and myself disagreeing aside, when you finally hear it, the big question is, will it be, as Tom describes, like finding yourself unexpectedly in Moscow? Luckily, we've brought our musical GPS. One of the best parts of the band's multimedia blog has been their eagerness to share with us all the influences that are helping to shape the sound of the new record. The problem with this is that if you haven't heard of anything that they're talking about, you'll probably be none the wiser, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so in a rare move of public service generosity, we're going to give you a guide to the making of Keen Album 3, using the music of other bands. So, the best place to start is with the producers. The band have started off with Kanye West mate John Bryan. Yes, John Brion. Known for his work on some award-winning soundtracks, this is a piece from his work on Michelle Gondry's film The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Beautiful ambient setup, more reminiscent of some of the band's pre-firm demos where there was more of a stripped-down sound. But then um, you get on to the, the next producer, and you're right at the other end of the sound spectrum. Um, Stuart Price has been working with them on their, their Berlin sessions. Um, he's better known for his remixes under the name uh, The Thin White Duke. Uh, it's more electronic influence work. It's very modern. So this is a clip from where he was allowed to roam wild and naked through Coldplay's talk. So there we go, a glimpse of his electronic mastery at work. Perhaps he'll be running the keen sound through some of that sonic kaleidoscope. Yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. And then making up the last of the new men in the studio is Jesse Quinn. Uh, we've talked about him at length before, mm-hmm. but 
In addition to him laying down fat bass lines and throwing in his, his photographic awe, uh, he's also been working with uh, the British retro lady group, the uh, the Papini Sisters. It's no coincidence that another of Tim's recent blogs mentioned that the new songs have incorporated some of the, the melodic influences from the music of the 1940s, like the Papini sisters themselves, Purvey. I feel like taking in a tea dance. No, no, Chris, 1940s. I mean, there weren't really tea dances then. It was more sort of, you know, death, rickets, rationing, that sort of vibe. Ah, that's nice. Well, not really. Uh, harmony's clearly going to be a big thing here anyway. Um... The little reference that Tim made to fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes takes the T-bird away a couple of weeks ago points us off in that sort of direction. Why do you think he wrote takes twice? See, I, I've been thinking about this since I've seen it, and it could be a typo, it could be mm-hmm. a clue to something I, I, I'm damned if I know, and I don't really want to go and, and you know try and piece together some, some sort of cryptic puzzle. If anyone's got any ideas, email us. Let us know. Well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised through the hamburger stand now. Seems she forgot all about the library like she told her old man now. And with the radio blasting, goes cruising just as fast as she can now. And she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird away. Fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird away. Well, those sort of sun-kissed harmonies are probably unlikely to feature on a record put together in Wintery, Germany, but it could well be a sign that the band will be moving back towards classic timeless melodies. More, more the sort of thing from, from Hopes and Fears. Um, uh, well, staying with, uh, staying with vocals now. We talked about some songs with some richer gospel arrangements. Um, I'm thinking of the, the huge choir um, on Tender by Blur, mm-hmm. um, for example, or, or spiritualised, um, really huge productions. Um, Personally, I think Cat Power is going to be closer to what, what Keen are going to produce. Yeah, I mean, with three sort of average pop singers at their disposal, it's pretty wise to go for the subtle approach. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Once I wanted to be the greatest Greatest, greatest, Time to talk drums now, I think. So much has been spoken about the sheer size and scale of Richard's beats that... Did you just say meat? No, no, I didn't. Sorry, my mistake. Carry on. Okay, we've been expecting bigger, louder and more bone-crushing drumming from Richard than we've ever heard before. Now, in the world of loud drums, for me, there's plenty of examples of big beats, but my favourite's this example that we're going to play you now from uh, the Flaming Lips Sayarika album. Uh, It's a concept album where you have four CDs that you have to play at once with four different stereos, and then the drums come on an entirely separate CD. Yeah, it's sort of a a party album. You get people together, stereos, and you go from there. 
Um, at the time, the Flaming Lips, apart from experimenting with some very hard drugs, they were also experimenting with sounds in some, some pioneering ways, recording drums in enormous rooms, trying to find the biggest possible sound. This is the, the most famous drum moment from the entire record. This is the drum solo from March of the Rotten Vegetables. And if the drums on the next Keen album come anywhere near these, there'll be something special, I think. See, I think that was great, but more realistically, uh, I think we're going to be looking at a more obvious influence. Uh, given that the band have so often been vocal about the influence of David Bowie on their music... And the fact that they've been recording in Berlin, too. I mean, that all points towards Lowe. Lowe is the first of Bowie's Berlin albums, and it's famous for the much-copied drum sound, as heard here on Sound and Vision. The, the drums might not sound too unique to most ears, but that snare with the reverb sound on it was, was trailblazing for its time. Yeah, it's got that sort of meaty bottom end sound that you can bet they'll be playing with. And, and not just with drums. Um, going right back to a, another past blog of Tim's, he, he name-checked one Bowie track of the past in particular. That was Magic Dance from Labyrinth, which he said sounded a lot like one of the new songs. Well... I saw my baby crying hard as babe could cry. What could I do? My baby's love. Please stay with us. That might sound like it was a bit of a novelty, like we're we're playing with you, and, and often we do like to play with our listenership. But you need to look past the Muppets and the lyrics. The synth sounds in the background, the drums, the much-vaunted vibe... Definitely the vibe. Uh, these are the sorts of things that Tim tends to take from a song. And it'll be those sorts of things that you'll find embodied in this new track that he was referring to. So, we're almost at the end of our Grand Influence Tour. Taking the electronic producers... The big, low-inspired drum sounds... The laid vocal... The mid-1980s magic dance synths... Jesse Quinn's fat bass lines... And... Although we haven't mentioned them yet, the cowbells and the timpanis. What will it all sound like? Well, we've had a bit of a think, and we think it might well sound something like this. that is Talking Heads once in a lifetime. And that incorporates all the elements that Keen have been aiming for and talking about in their blogs. But, and this is probably the most important thing we can point out here, obviously that's missing out one crucial element. Arguably the most important of them all. And that is the Keen element themselves. All these influences are going to go into making the record, but it's still going to be a Keen record. They can add to the Keen sound, but the Keen sound will still definitely be there on the CD. Aged 14, Richard Hughes became British Junior Puissance Champion. Beyond the 
Hang on just a second. I think it's time for some reader letters. This week we were simply staggered by the volume of emails, forcing Andrew to spend hours sorting the wheat from the chaff. Well, don't worry mate, I I kept all those ones about penis enlargement and erectile dysfunction for you just as you requested. Yeah, cheers, thanks. Well, if you would like us to answer your keen queries, or if you too can help with Chris's intimate failings, drop us a line to beyondtheinc at gmail.com. Thank you, Chris. Do you think I read that slowly enough? I think that's good. I I wouldn't get that wrong. Our first email this time comes from Emily, who wants to talk about the direction of the new record. As she writes, I was discussing Violet Hill by Coldplay the other day with someone, and we decided that they had definitely taken a rockier stance with the single. However, I was a tad displeased with it, because instead of throwing themselves into a new, rockier sound, it just sounded more like a baby step, and very much like their previous albums. Do you think that this is going to be the same for Keen? Well, it's funny you should say that, actually, Emily, because we've had a similar email here from Julietta. Some people are talking about the album going too electronic or funky, and it's dangerous, or just go, I don't like. Well, I keep saying, as well as most of fans, that Keen have a unique style, and it can only get better. Well, I mean, as we said, we're pretty sure that although the bands have been clear about their influences for the record, they have their own sound, and that isn't about to be abandoned. Um, adding in new sounds from, from Jesse or the new producers is going to lead to a, an evolution of the sound, we reckon. Um, if you're expecting the next record to sound completely different, then you're, you're probably going to be disappointed. But the only way we can know for sure is to wait and see. So, thank you for your emails, ladies. Tom Chaplin is still traumatised after a childhood encounter with a mad goat. Beyond the run on so long this time that we'll have to wait until the next podcast to share with you Tom Chaplin's thoughts on the London mayoral election. I feel like crying. <laughs> I think I might cry. But until then, keep emailing us at beyondtheinc at gmail.com. That is all from Beyond the INC number four. Cheerio.